0: Medieval, medieval times. Remember when we went to medieval times dressed as pirates? Fuck yes, that was the last. I think that's the last time I've been there. That was the only time I've been there. So good. Yeah, I didn't need to go again or ever before that. Medieval times. I think we just quoted the cable guy like the whole fucking time. Like, (laughs) people behind us are probably like, "Oh my fucking god, could we ever come here without?" Some asshole thinking they're Jim Carrey. I don't know, Clark. Why don't we go somewhere (laughs) else for dinner?
1: Welcome to SVU Pod, especially heinous. I'm Gabe. I'm Tasha. We are on season one, episode 17, chat room. Oh my God, what's this going to be about? It's actually, I think, episode 18. Yeah, it is in like the real world. Mm-hmm. The non Amazon world.
0: So, as soon as we were like, oh, what episode are we doing? This one, it's called Chat Room. I'm like, fucking A, we just finished that shit on the child molesting. Like, can there be like a minimal amount of child molesting? Like, I get that it's sex crimes, but there's all kinds of sex crimes. And that's the hardest one for me to deal with. <laughs> this one wasn't as difficult because it was dealing more with like the criminal than the crime. And, and it was the kid that, or yeah, it was like talking about pedophiles as a whole and like trolling them and making fun of them was easier. Nobody goes goes into like major detail about a specific crime of something that happened i get to stay on the surface with like how touchy this is right but at the time it was crazy hard hitting because they were using internet scare tactics like everybody on the internet's trying to fuck your kids i mean that's true but
1: yeah but um i remember everybody being like never meet strangers online never do this whatever and now i know people that are like married because they met online yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like a whole different yeah thing I still don't want kids to meet adults online right yeah that's now. still not okay yeah okay so there's a girl a young teen yeah she's giving me Juliet lewis vibes yes. i mean i recognized her but i couldn't figure out who she was anyway, I looked her
0: up right away i don't recognize her name i didn't look at any of her other credits but
1: she looks really familiar and she's a good actress yeah
0: yeah see at first i didn't think so really she's like mama Come and get me. I don't
1: know. Oh, it sounds like me. It sounds yeah, like it team. does sound like you. That was actually my impression of you as Is a teenager. Is that why you went down like eight octaves? ha. <laughs> 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 So anyways, she's on the phone, the pay phone. She's talking to her mom. She's wearing a faux fur jacket. She's like begging her mom to come pick her up. Yeah. She's telling her mom that she was raped. Now they're at the hospital. Benson and Stabler are there. This girl's name is Karen Ray.
0: She's sitting in a hospital gown telling Benson and Stabler about what happened. And she's just kind of going over like he was a dude that she met in a chat room, but she only knew him from talking online. So naturally, Benson and Stabler are confused about the situation because of the new social technology aspect of the whole thing. They're like, so you, you didn't know him or you did know him? And she's like, well, I did. But I like I talked to him a bunch emailing, but I didn't because I'd never then, met him in person. Yeah. And yeah. they were both like head scratch and grown ups in the year 2000.
1: Yeah. It was really dumb.
0: I love that they're going into this technology aspect of everything, too, because I just want to see what angle of munch we're going to get. Like, yeah. is his head going to explode over how insanely difficult this all is? Or is he going to invent Facebook in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going to happen?
1: Right. So she said that she got in the car with him. They drove around for a while. Then they pulled into like a vacant parking lot and he told her to get out and held a gun to her head and raped her. Yeah. She didn't know his real name but she did. he went by the Yachtsman online. They're in the precinct and Karen Ray, our victim, said that she would work on a sketch. She was okay with that. So when yeah. they're at the precinct, Olivia's like handing out sketches to everybody. And So Craig wants everybody to move real fast on this because the dude could be long gone by now because we're dealing with internet folk. Jeffries wants to look at Karen Ray's computer. Then Munch says like 70 million people on the internet and everyone's a suspect which I was like 70 million people on the internet Internet. That's not a lot. Now it's like everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I love all the terms they're using too for internet. They keep saying
1: like cyber the net, the net, cyber, cyber bucks. <laughs> cyber. I'm like Bitcoin net bucks. <laughs> So Benson and Stabler are going to interview Karen Ray again because she was a little worked up at the hospital and they wanted to get like more clear story. Yeah.
0: And Cragen, like always, wants this case solved
1: yesterday. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so Karen's in the precinct conference room with Benson and Stabler and they're going over her timeline. They'd been talking about meeting up. He picked her up. She snuck out because it was her mom's, quote, big night out to choir practice. Stab seems skeptical of her storyline to me or
1: like judgy kind of, Mm -hmm. which I did not love right yeah. off the bat. Yeah.
0: But he's the detective, not me.
1: Yeah, I thought it was weird that they were like, Why did you get in his car? And you're like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. She's a victim and
0: it happened. And he's like, Oh, so you drove around for three to four hours, and she's like, We spent some of the time parking. Staves is like, Well, let's retrace your steps and we'll go drive you around. And you take us on the route that you went. First of all, as soon as I get in the passenger seat of a car, my mind goes completely blank. I could not get you from point A to point B. You may as well bird box me in the car. I felt so
1: bad for those birds that entire movie. They're just being jostled around in this freaking Cardboard box by some kids. One, I've never seen the movie. Two, I would never feel sorry for birds. Oh yeah, that's right. You're so weird. You should. It's not sorry for weird. Birds. birds are disgusting. Yeah, but you should feel bad for parrots and stuff. And the oh the
0: pretty birds. That's who I should feel bad for. Yes. The vegans would hate you because
1: they're wild animals. So they and they make a lot of noise. So they they're rehomed at least five times before they die, and they die early, usually in garages and stuff because people can't stand listening to them.
0: Listen, I don't like birds, and I don't like bird pee. <laughs> so i've got all my fucking bases covered with like the free the birds like free them i don't want them yeah. in my house i don't want them in your house i don't want to walk into somebody's fucking house and be surprised because Petey is sitting on their shoulder when they answer the goddamn door or rachel like the guy I delivered
1: pizza too <laughs>
0: that's right you called me right after you left that guy's house you're like I have so many details to tell you about this guy one I got tipped in two dollar bills another
1: thing he had a bird on his shoulder and he only talked to the bird (laughs) like talked to me through the bird it was either Rebecca or Rachel I don't know it was something (laughs) something hot something fucking hot okay (laughs) okay Oh, Karen doesn't want to retrace her steps. Oh yeah, she's not pumped.
0: And she just, she seems reluctant, but it could be for any number of reasons, you know? So Munch and Jeffries go to meet Karen's mom, which is, what's her name?
1: Melissa. Melissa. I like how she gets a name because she's apparently a failure of a woman because her daughter got fucking molested.
0: (laughs) But also I want to put this entire episode on hold and everything we're doing on hold and make you watch all of the old Seinfeld episodes that she was in. She was also... In Baby Mama.
1: Okay. She's been in a ton of shit, but what were you going to say? The thing that I recognized for the Molson was Men in Black. What? She was the wife of the guy that was turning into a bug, you know?
0: Oh, that's right. And she's Eggers
1: like, Eggersuit. suit. Eggers suit. <laughs> you just want, you're like, sugar. You just want sugar water. Sugar water.
0: The <laughs> way she says it. I love her. She also plays in Baby Mama, she plays the birthing class coach who's like, how many of you are going to take Western medication oh, for yes. your own selfish comfort? And then she's talking about EVOO on their <laughs> for the poeniums. Welcome to the wonder of child, both mommies and daddies, and mommies and mommies, lesbian wovos.
1: She's such a great actress. But she's character. got a wide range of yeah.
0: characters with her like mouth voice. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about how she can like do things with her mouth to yeah. make her voice. It's like not throat noises. It's mouth noises.
1: soup sugar water. She's sugar so fucking water. great. I can't, yeah. I can't
0: believe I forgot she was in that. Yeah. In Seinfeld, she plays Elaine's old roommate. Mm-hmm. She's very deadpan. So she's fucking hilarious and like everything else. But in this, she's doing the whole cardigan, turtleneck, mom, bun, and bangs combo t- yeah. so to let us know that we're here to take her seriously. Yeah. Okay. At 6.15 that night, she dropped her daughter off at the library and then went back to check on her at 8.30 and she's like, I would have stayed with her the whole night except I had choir practice. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to do it in the voice that she does yeah baby
1: mama well no do the she's more like not upbeat you know
0: yeah deadpan
1: yeah that's the word
0: she's allowed to attend church or school functions as long as there's a chaperone yeah she's very protective is basically what they're getting at here like a church lady yeah
1: there's no computer
0: in the house that's at her dad's no boys over yeah i would never have a computer in my home computers over at her father's apartment and i'm like did my mom write this episode (laughs) So Karen goes over to her dad's every other weekend and mom doesn't like it. Now, for a moment, I thought, are they going to catch her dad as being like a pedophile? That's what I
1: was wondering, too. Because
0: of the way she's like, the court ordered it and blah, 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 blah. Because she goes, can you believe it? Her and the guy never got married um, because she said, you do it. When I was Karen's age, I didn't have someone looking out for me like I look out for her. That was good. It was fine.
1: It was good. To- I like her and I liked how you said it. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that good? Don't enough? wag your finger at I me. Wasn't in- I was I po- was I was purposely pointing in diagonal directions around you. (laughs) Oh,
0: okay. So Karen's in the back of the car with Benson and Stabler. She's giving directions to retrace her steps, but she can't give accurate ones. No doy. And I'm like, are we supposed to doubt her at this point? Because that's what it feels like we're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. which I hate. But SVU has a reason for it because they are not going to put Benson and Stabler in the light of not being good detectives with good bedside manner. Right. Right. Yeah. Munch and Jeffries are at the home of David Marlowe, which is Karen's dad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's just kind of like, what's to monitor? I don't understand the Internet. She knows more about that thing than I do. <laughs> Munch asks if they can take the computer and he hesitates and I'm like, Oof, what's going on that computer, Dave? Yeah. This is when I thought it was going to be like, oh, shit, I've got kitty porn on my computer. That's and what I thought, too. He's, he's like, like yeah, it's got some nudes. Like, I've got nudes ladies posing with big cats you know lights tigers that sort of thing it's just carol baskin i was just going to say and i was yeah. like she was pretty hot in 2000 <laughs> if i remember correctly so get get it Yep. Right. So then we're back to Benson and Stabler with Karen, and they're in the parking lot where she says that she was raped. She gets over the top upset yeah, and accuses them of not believing her. Yeah.
1: Stabler's like, there are a lot of people around. How did nobody see you? And I'm like, well, first of all, it's during the day.
0: Yeah. The way they're asking, that's my
1: issue. It's like I just you don't see them treating a victim like this very often.
0: No. So then they go into the precinct. Benson, Stabler, and Karen are walking into the precinct and she's like, how'd you get my dad's computer? And she seems really concerned about it. Mm-hmm. So they take her off to a room.
1: She gets shuffled off by some lady in a banana clip named Debbie. This pissed me Debbie? off. Debbie? Yeah. Stabler asked her to wait in a different room. he was like, he's like, Debbie, we'll get you a soda. And then Debbie comes in with the banana clip <laughs> and makes this weird face like, <laughs> and like, and I was like, this bitch gets a name? Weird. Debbie, I've never seen her before in my life. You get a name, but you don't get a line.
0: She's like, all right. She's like, this is a lot of face work. It's how they negotiate what are so, those showbiz terms <laughs> they're classily joking about the big cat nudes mm-hmm. that sounds different than what i mean big cat nudes it's just like a lion with like all these bikinis over like eight nipples or whatever <laughs> how many ties does it have in the back does it all connect to like one tie individual or is it ties. like a spider web of ties
1: individual ties oh my god that's so much so for you like suit. take one off at a time <laughs>
0: you know what they need to do instead of <laughs> Instead of doing it like a triangle top with for all of the animal nipples, they need to do just like if I were a big cat and I was wearing a swimming suit, I would make sure that it was a one piece or like a
1: tube. <laughs> I'm, think, I'm talking about sexy nudes. If I was a s- big cat and I was doing posing for sexy nudes. <laughs> if i was a big cat
0: and i was posing
1: super sexy <laughs> you're talking about you said you literally said like if i was a big cat in a swimsuit i'm like we're not talking about going swimming here or like what's practical we're talking about sexy i don't even like
0: news. the water oh my god now i just i'm like going through a it's like a slideshow of <laughs> different poses of of uh,
1: big cat lingerie like what would work best <laughs> We're going to make a million dollars starting a new business. Okay, so. Um, Practical, sexy cat laundry. <laughs> Straps and clips and Velcro. So much. Easier.
0: Okay, take oh, we... me.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Honey, get this one. It'll cover your C section <laughs> scar. <laughs>
0: So anyway, big cat nudes. So Karen has been shuffled out by Debbie and Stabler and the crew are all in like the main area what is that called of the precinct like the Bull, bullpen is that what it's called i have no idea that might be right anyway Stabler's like yeah we're thinking there's no yachtsman because he doesn't believe her at this point so he's kind of assuming that she's just completely making everything up so then munch whips out all of these printouts of like poetry and what mm. what's that face
1: just i was just making the face like ugh,
0: yeah yeah just like cringy stuff to like teens communications to teens so the yachtsman is a dude and she was talking to him and And there's also photos that he sent her, but they're encrypted, so they have to do a little computer stuff to, yeah. to get him out. You know what I do like, though, is that Jeffries is the computer whiz. Yeah. So Benson and Stabler go to talk to Karen in this conference room. And Karen says she's not protecting this dude, like Olivia accuses her of, and that he didn't rape her. And here's the Olivia that we know with the bedside manner that we know she has. She reassures Karen that statutory rape is also a crime, and she didn't need to feel like she did anything wrong because he groomed her. Nope, again. She was actually out with her boyfriend, Keith. Who the fuck is
1: named Keith? By the way, I was
0: just gonna say who the fuck is named Keith?
1: Really? Yes. Holy shit! If you're Keith and you're listening, sorry. Get the fuck out of here. Get The fuck out of here. Hey, Keith. So, See, it just doesn't even like Keith. Come here. Uh, it's like, not, how do you, how do you, as a, as a mother, as do you do, that, as a human Keith? mother, how do you call a two-year-old f- to come back inside from playing outside, Keith? Like, how do you just like say Keith?
0: I've thought that my whole life about the name Guy. You just
1: got Liz. You're like, hey, Guy. <laughs>
0: Who's? I mean, I know we're going off again here, but who have you ever met a child named Guy? Yeah. have you ever? Has anybody been like, "This is my baby, eight pounds six ounces, Guy"?
1: It's <laughs> it's like the doctor pulled him out, and they were from freaking Boston, and the doctor was like, "It's a guy." <laughs> That's it, and then, it's a guy, and the mom's like, "It's got a good ring to it." <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause you know that's nobody's like great grandpa's name. This is boring. Yeah. Okay. Back to those sweet kitty titties. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So it was her her boyfriend, Keith. Um, Yeah. She didn't want her mom to know that she had had sex. Right. And she was like, she would know. When I come home, she like makes me. She
0: strip searches her and smells her hair. Yeah. And I'm like, can we pause on that before we move on? Yeah. Wrapping it up. She made up a story about an internet dude and filed a false police report. Beep, 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 (laughs) beep. We're going to interrupt this recap to let you know that only 2% Thank of you. reported sexual assaults are found to be false reports. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Gabe.
1: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I, yeah. In my mind, I was like, we got to make sure. And then I never did. Right. But I I do like how Stabler was like. He was super chill about it. He was yeah. just like all the time that we could have been spent looking for like rapists of women of, that have happened. Like, yeah.
0: He used this moment to teach her a lesson about it rather than being an asshole. Again, only 2%. 2% of reported sexual assaults are found to
1: be false reports. M- lots of rapes don't get reported.
0: A lot of them don't even get reported. Yeah.
1: Stabler's making her write down what really happened. And she's like, are you going to arrest my boyfriend, Keith? Because he's 21. And they were like, uh, oh, God. Of so course he is. Stabler brings in the boyfriend, Keith. Middle part, leather jacket. Yeah. Like 6'2", blue eyes, dating a fucking fi- 15, 16? 15-year-old.
0: 15 she she was 16. He was 21. Because Stabler... Stabler was like, wait a year, year and a half.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He admits, I thought at least it was gonna be like, I thought she told me she was 18 or something, but he was like, no, she's 16. Yeah. But she's more mature than any. Right. So
0: Stabler gives him a real dad talking to in this scene. Mm -hmm.
1: He was nice to him, too. Yeah, he was like, hey, man, give it a rest. Like, yeah. statutory rape is a big deal. And talk to her in a year, year and a half. And I was like, why don't you say two years? Because she's 16. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Um, and then I was surprised he was so chill because how, of how he is about yeah. this stuff. With and his with, own teen daughter. With his daughter, yeah. yeah. I was just...
0: So he's really letting this guy skate. And I'm like, I get it. He has bigger fish
1: to fry. Yeah. And which then, we find out. Yeah. And then I like how he like comes out of the room like feeling good about himself. It's like,
0: hey, guys, big stretch. And they're like, we don't
1: have time for this. Yatman is a pedophile and he's an internet predator. Yeah, they did some digging on him and he had sent like a ton of pics of himself to his like quote unquote dates, like young girls, but his face was lacked out. Yeah, and he had young oh, girls in the photos. He sent pictures with his dates, young girls. And Stabes hates it. Yeah. So now we're at the Stabler house and him and his wife are having like a fucking glass of wine talking about how scary the internet is. End and End of a long day. Yeah, and she's just like, I get, you What's know. with
0: all this internet whatcha porn? Yeah. <laughs> Which point? I don't know
1: <laughs> Yeah and so she's like I get like 10 Junk emails a day And you know The kids are getting it too
0: So they're talking about Porn emails coming in And I'm like I don't remember that Being such a hard thing Like I get tons of Bed Bath & Beyond coupons Yeah But I don't I used to get a lot of like Like Once in a while Hi boy And
1: I'm like Oh my name's Gabe But you know It's
0: like Once in a while I'll get like a Wish your dick was bigger And I'm like Ugh junk
1: <laughs> You're like yeah How'd you know <laughs> Anyway so they're like Talking about how fucked up it is that the predators are out there but they're coming in through.
0: He like over the shoulder thumbs at the giant Square 2000 computer in the background because she's like they're out there these criminals they're out there and he's like honey they're in here mm-hmm. and we're like
1: whoa the world is spinning. You know in like 2000 everybody watching the episode like did a little rubberneck to their computer and back to the screen. You yeah. Know? yeah. And
0: there was probably a 14 year old sitting on it on yeah. AOL instant messenger with their Just friends. Like- Back in a way, yeah, yeah, and they're so, like, Brandon, Brittany, Keith, Guy, get out of here. <laughs> so, we're watching them navigate these fresh and dark new waters as if it's a history lesson of the early 2000s. Yeah, Benson and Stabler are in an office filled with desks and people at computers.
1: I said they're at the computer place trying to get info on the yachtsman from the mayor of the internet who looks like <laughs> a human Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Get it? Um, I was waiting to see what you were gonna say too. So
0: oh yeah, he looked like Zach Braff to me. It's not clear exactly what he reps, but the Yachtsman is a client. And Zach Braff has access to all of his shit because he has his email address. Yeah, I don't know. He's like explaining the simplest things about the internet to. Um, it didn't make sense. I was like, "Where is
1: this? Is, are we at the old school version of Google?" Like
0: they probably had it like in a paper file somewhere. But he's he takes them to a computer and he types something in, and he's like, "This will just take a minute," you know, because it's the year two thousand. And he explains cookies to them, mm-hmm. which like my five year old knows what fucking cookies are, you know. Yeah. So Olivia's like, "So the internet is like a giant tape recorder." running 24-7 and this is why my mom viewed the internet like she did and still does because this is how it was being presented right. to middle america it was right. like it's like a giant tape recorder yep this guy has a huge button that he has two people
1: they lean hard into it <laughs> it's big and red that's what it is they actually have four people two on play and two on record to try to catch the new sublime track that comes on the radio <laughs>
0: So this guy walks them over to a printer. The yachtsman's real name is Harry Waters, and he visits tons of sex chat rooms, underage stuff, porn, Britney Spears, 98 Degrees, like all of these things that you would see a pedophile do. Used panty auctions. He won seven used panty auctions. Ew, okay. <laughs> Even Zuckerberg is like, that's disgusting. I just made a really bad dad joke. And do it. I said, sounds like this guy is in some Harry Waters with the detectives now. Ha! <laughs> so he works at universal.net which is like another
1: computer place but I don't I don't know what they're doing
0: no but they're doing universal computer stuff yeah so they go to universal.net yeah headquarters another office building yeah and it's the boss he's with Benson and Stabler because they just came from the other computer place this has got to be a really boring day for them yeah like here let's go into this beige building so the boss is like I don't like waters I never liked him but he was a good programmer yeah he yeah. was the best so they hired him and after they like acquired this business they did this big merger made a bunch of money so the team went to Cuba to see the Orioles play. Harry said that he was sick the day of the game and so he didn't go. He stayed in the hotel yeah. So he was like we felt bad for him so we got him some souvenirs and we took him to his room and this little girl comes out of the bathroom in his hotel room and asks them you want good time too mm-hmm. and he was like I was sick and buy it and he quit after that and I'm like is that it? You could have called the cops I mean I know you. Yeah. I know they couldn't have like done anything but like as a as a regular Joe Schmo, I'd be like, we should call the police, right? We should. Yeah, there should be a thing that we do. He called her a little girl. To me, that implies 12 and under. Yeah. Not that it would matter if she was like 14. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So he still had a box of Harry's shit, including his work
1: computer. So they yeah, were He was like, get like nobody all, wants to touch it. Yeah. And Which office. is great for the cops. Yeah. So they're in the precinct and Jeff- Jeffrey said that the computer hasn't been touched in 10 months. There's all these file names for pictures, school schedules, diaries. Cetera, and They but they don't actually have the files.
0: They can't get the content of these files because Jeffries says that they're off-site. They don't have to explain any of this oh. computer shit because it goes so far over everybody's heads. She's like, well, it's not on the computer. They're implying that this guy is like a computer whiz, so he's like nerding his way through hiding all of this shit. And there's a phone number
1: attached to it somehow. It's like there's the file names on one end of the phone line and then the actual files on the other end and they have to get to the other End. Yeah, and so the phone line he's using is in Brooklyn Heights, mm-hmm. and guess who it is? It's fucking Keith and Karen's boyfriend. Staves is like keith you son of a bitch yeah i didn't see that coming actually i was like what? i
0: it confused me a lot because i was like you're like wait who's wait keith? so is keith a pedophile i mean like yeah kind of well i mean he was dating a was he dating
1: younger girl- okay let's get we'll get there okay so they're in the interrogation room they have keith handcuffed to the table yeah keith says the guy was just squatting his files and it wasn't his and Saber don't care they're like it doesn't matter whose it is, it's at your fucking house. And Stabler wants to know what he's getting out of it if he's letting some dude keep that shit at his house. And Keith says, they're just photographs, man. And Stabler fucking loses it.
0: These are not just pictures!
1: And he like slams his fists down. Stabler says these are young girls drugged and terrified getting their pictures taken without their permission. The music swells and Stabler's like not having it.
0: He's scary angry. Yeah. But Gabe is like blowing her load if it wasn't about... Am... She's loving every second of this minus
1: the kid stuff yeah but like i literally like stablers like stopped myself from writing like oh it's so hot because i was like this is involving like children and she's like he's screaming
0: and his dick is probably twitching
1: (laughs) like
0: when somebody's all of their muscles flex like their
1: dick has to twitch it moves yeah yeah it has to not like flops but like it's a little like boop yep So Stabler's not having it He he grabs him by the shirt And calls him a Snot-nosed son of a bitch Yes Yeah And this dude is like Freaked out Turns out they are His pictures Yeah So Keith said that This whole thing Had started small His buddy had A falling out with this girl And he had taken Nude photos of her Like while they were together Yeah And so he they put them online they put them on the net to get back at her classic revenge porn yeah but then they were like then all these dudes started emailing us asking everything about her and guys were like willing to pay like a lot of money right he's like at first it was just girls they knew and then girls they were dating and it was big money and they started taking requests and then Stabler's like oh you're a fucking pimp and he's like no but then he was like yeah i guess yeah they paid in net cash right and like credit on websites like untraceable money
0: untraceable cyber bucks yeah to Um, muddy
1: up the waters to keep the cops away and stablers like nice try Yeah. So then we go to Stabler's home. I feel fucking bad for his family because he always brings shit home and like takes it out on them. Yeah. But like in a really protective way. Anyway, I love how this all turns out. But I like the little conversation they had. Yeah.
0: So Catherine runs down the stairs and I'm like, hoo boy, here comes a tense family moment because we just came from that shit and we haven't done one of these in a minute. So we need to get back into Stabler's personal life. Yeah. So I don't want to be too hard on Stabler because I would be a frazzled fucking mess if I had to deal with this shit
1: and raise kids at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he's putting his foot down with Catherine. She like wants to go to her friend's house to study. And he's like, you don't have a test till Tuesday. And she's like, yeah. He's like, well, where are you going? Mom or dad's? And she's like, wait a second. What is going on? Right. Basically, why are you so informed about everything that's going on
0: with me? And how do you know my test is on Tuesday? Turns out he's going through her emails. And she's like, I get at least 10 junk emails a day and I delete them all. So she's getting porn too. Where was all this porn coming through email? I don't know. Anyway, everyone's situation here is hard and the whole
1: Stabler family sacrifices for this job yeah right i was like have fun with fucking text stabler and that comes out what nothing what are you laughing about nothing what (laughs) then we're at the precinct (laughs) (laughs) this is the thing right i know
0: I know. So Gabe texted me yesterday. She's doing her notes, and she's like...
1: Friendship test.
0: Friendship test. You have to tell me what part I laughed the hardest at. And then she gave me a hint that it was Kragan. And then she's like, I wish I wouldn't have told you it was Kragan, because I know you would know anyway. So we go to the precinct, and it's just... <laughs> It's just panned in on Cragen. Hand in his pocket. The Seatsman's got a taste for naked pictures. Gulp milk. I'm
1: like, what? Out of, straight out of the carton. Oh, God. I Everybody's
0: avoiding to... eye contact with him. Because why are you doing this? Why are you drinking milk? Why are you announcing the obvious? Why is your hand in your pocket? The whole thing is <laughs> awkward. I ha-ha'd like
1: 40 <laughs> H's and 50 A's and out loud I was just like how would Gabe ever think that I wouldn't know that? Yeah. That's why I was like I wish I went to said Kragan. Yeah. I go back to why is Kragan drinking milk like three more times <laughs> during this scene. <laughs> So this guy is—he's super smart about his internet moves. Yeah, like he changes where he logs in and all that other shit. So they got to get him to come to them. They got to lure him. They got to get up in them chat rooms. Right, and
0: he's in the room. Munch is pretending to be an underage
1: girl. Yeah. So
0: there's like a handful of back and forths between Munch and the Yachtsman, and then all of a sudden Yachtsman's like, "Yeah, let's meet up."
1: Like it took zero time. I know. She's just like, "I want some Xanax." My parents are. blah and he's like, "Oh, I'll talk to you about it. Meet you tomorrow." And I'm like, and he's, "He's like
0: as if," and he's like, "Confirmed. This is." A child so he wants to meet her meet her meet munch at a cafe in chelsea at noon the next day Mm -hmm. so this is where we get very to catch a predator yeah and i am fucking living for it i think that's more why i was okay with watching this episode a little more than like the other the ryan davies and the kid in the park thing yeah one because nobody was describing the brutal crime that happened to them in detail as a catatonic adult but also because to catch a predator was such a fucking gem of a show where it was, and it was like, like
1: satisfying too it was like, so satisfying like, you gotta get him out of here like yeah. put him in jail or whatever
0: Have a seat. Munch is sitting at the cafe, and I'm like, can he go undercover anywhere without looking like a full old timey movie detective? (laughs) I know, right? He's reading the paper, and I'm like, why don't you just stand up, put your hands in your pockets, and like rock back and forth on your feet and look around whistling?
1: It will be just as undercover as what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so the Waters walks in to the cafe and there's a young girl sitting at a table. He like walks right up to her and he's like, Excuse me, I'm the yachtsman. You must be Nicole. And then Munch grabs him and says, Actually, I'm Nicole. And Stabler shows him the badge. Boom, easy peasy. Too easy, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, You can talk to my lawyer. Every dude that's like a pedophile in this episode, you can tell who they are because they're all a little bit shiny. Like sweaty, shiny. (laughs) Um, So they're at the precinct. Harry Waters, all business lady lawyer. Fucking gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. Ariel from the Little Mermaid, prosecuting attorney. And Cragen are discussing his arrest for solicitation of a minor. And his lawyer is just coming for them because Munch isn't the 12-year-old girl that the dude thought he was. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Because she's like, well, he wasn't talking to a 12-year-old. He was talking to a 42-year-old man. And I'm like, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Munch is 60 if he's a day.
1: Dude, She it was 48. And even that, I was like, oh, Munch looks, that's a rough, rough 48. Craigan's like can I talk to you off
0: record like what the fuck like don't we all hate pedophiles basically he's like I'm gonna fill you in on like what a full stop creep this dude is but she just continues to assert that they need to come up with this evidence because she has sworn to give him the best legal representation that she can and it
1: sounds like she can you know so she like gets what he's trying to say but it's not her fault that they haven't gotten a credible case against him it's
0: a bummer but it's true that that's her her fucking
1: job yeah Craigan's super pissed and And Ariel, she was like, a few years ago, I didn't know my ass from Windows 95. And I'm like, ha! (laughs) And cyberspace crimes are hard to prosecute. And I'm like, look at us now! They basically have no case. They don't have shit lined up
0: for what this is. The internet came at us hard and fast. And we didn't know what to do about it. And so they're trying
1: to do like real-life prosecuting with shit that isn't tangible. Yeah, and he's like it's clear he's a fucking threat to society and she's like I know but we don't have a fucking case yet like we got to figure out how to make this work yeah so Craig is heading up a brainstorm with the team Eastman
0: Ariel's name is Eastman I won't call her that because he's like prosecutor Eastman blah 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 blah. and I was like oh my god yes finally took her an episode and a half but we found out what her name was yeah but we're just gonna continue to call her Ariel because that's how we know her and love her so she won't file on him because there isn't enough evidence Mm -hmm. and they don't have anything physical as far as evidence goes yeah they have all
1: these like file names but no actual like files.
0: Yeah. So Olivia brings up his used panty purchases and they mm-hmm. decide that they need to check in with these girls. Yeah. One is 15 living in Queens and had already sent him three pair.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Craig is like we need a fucking like flesh and blood victim. So yeah. That we can do this.
0: Yeah. They're like yeah he's ordering these panties. Also there's an envelope mm-hmm. with a return address. He probably wants that more than he wants. I don't want to say panties again. I know. I... Ugh. <sighs> Munch and Jeffrey's are at the house of Doris
1: Harrington. Her grandma answers the door. And there's a bunch of older women are playing some canasta and Munch does some canasta banter I didn't catch. And I'm not rewinding shit for Munch. They want to find her granddaughter. turns out the old lady's name is Doris. Yeah. Okay. So she was the one sending the underwear. The The old lady. Yeah. The granddaughter is Elaine and she should be in school. Jeffries is going. There's to- this one old lady there. She's like, um, she's a
0: B. Arthur type. Munch starts kind of looking around like, what are you doing? What do you got going over here? And she's like, ah, we're just a bunch of old ladies doing old lady things. This oh. isn't Russia. What are you doing?
1: So Jeffries is going through. There's like a bunch of envelopes, and she's like, can I? And then she goes to grab an envelope, and the woman jump that B. Arthur lady jumps yeah. up and grabs Jeffrey's arms and is like, No. And then Doris tells her to straight up, shut up, shut
0: up. <laughs> so they're like old lady mafia selling her granddaughter's panties. And I'm like, what is happening?
1: Yeah. These old bats are selling their teenage granddaughters undies. Jesus Christ. One of my friends used to do it. She's a tattooer too. Every now and then she'll post on Facebook like, hey, if you need any extra money, you guys should fucking do this because it's great. Oh, why?
0: I just, I don't judge anybody who does it. I just create a story with every single thought that I have. Mm -hmm. So if I were to be like, oh, somebody's placed an order. My mind travels with that parcel for the rest of its days. I know that that guy is jerking off with my panties like choking him or whatever.
1: I don't know. She was like, I got three hundred bucks for wearing a thong for two days straight and sent it out. Oh. So it's kinda like I mean, it is pretty amazing, but yeah. it's like It's like people buy anything. I bet you if I clip my toenails, there's somebody on eBay that's like, Yeah, I want all of them.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna take a little I'm gonna take I a step back too. with
1: it. You do have a fucking adorable feet. So do
0: you. Yeah, that's true. Little size six little tiny little tiny <laughs> t- No, I wanna walk it back a little bit because adult people doing adult things is like there's zero judgment with that like that's that's whatever but when you're like and you know what old lady why don't you wear your granddaughter's underwear and do that like that would at least i'd be like a little like okay i'm gonna buy teen underpants and i'm gonna sell them to a dude saying that they're fucking 14 year old girls underwear or whatever
1: if somebody asks for the product we give them the product and it was like homecoming queen 15 year old so they were like literally just taking your underwear and throwing it's like fucking weird
0: right and it's like Like, we're running an honest business here. Like, fuck
1: you, Doris. Is her granddaughter even getting any of that? Oh, whatever.
0: Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: Okay. So they're at St. Monica's High School. Benson and Stabler are talking to the, I'm guessing it's the principal? He's wearing a tie from the juniors department. Yes. I was going <laughs> to. It's like the shortest tie I've ever seen um,
0: on an adult man.
1: He looks like the comedian Paul F. Tompkins. <gasps> How dare you? It, he does, right? To a degree. He does. I, guess. I don't, I don't know. So, I don't see it. No. I do. I do. There were. I had paused it and he was like looking down and it looked like him. So paul tomkins was a comedian he was on the sh- on the he was on on mr show bojack horseman bob and david tenacious d um yeah, he's great yeah he's like he's from that like group of oops sorry he's from that group of like the 90s kind of like brat pack comedians like the new hip comedians of the 90s like karen kilgariff and yeah i love him pat noswell david cross um so chef's kiss I think he does. I think you should go back and look at it.
0: I do need to go back because I was trying to figure out who he looked like without being hurtful because I was like, he looks like a live action Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> with a tie that's too short. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins, dude. Oh, yeah, I yeah. guess. Maybe it's because Paul F. Tompkins has a very specific voice. Yeah,
1: yeah. It wasn't his voice at all. Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, so he's telling them that they're very, very strict about security. Yeah. And they have computers that have trigger words that if you use them, they'll shut everything down. Yeah. And he's like, but there's kids, like, they want, you know, they're, like, growing and they want to look up stuff about their bodies and stuff, and they have to use anatomical terms, but then, like, the computers would shut down. Right. So they bypassed the software that did that. And he said, and maybe it wasn't a good idea.
0: Yeah, well, well, because they couldn't, you know, a kid couldn't do a report on breast cancer. And type in without, word breast. Yeah. yeah. Without the porn blocking software,
1: like, fucking up his search. Yeah. So. He, they had to shut it down. He opens the door and it's that chick from that show Dead Like Me, but super young. What? You ever watch that? No. Oh my God. So I hate her face, but Aww. I loved that show. <laughs> oh. I loved that show. She's confused and she's an awesome little actress too.
0: Little half pony with a scrunchie in it.
1: Yeah. She also Sweater. was. Sweater. She also was an episode of Hannibal. Which, that particular episode, I can't, is the reason why I can't eat like deli turkey right now. Don't even say it because I love deli turkey wrapped around a banana.
0: <laughs> what? Yes, don't. Oh. Well, don't I- at me. It's a delicious combination if you're like trying not to eat a bunch of calories, but you need a little snack on the go. It's better than
1: eating a ball of mozzarella like a fucking apple like I've done in the past. <laughs> I've never uh, thought of that. I'm still okay with Deli Turkey if it comes from like the co-op or something where it's like not the rubbery fucking yeah. whatever. Like that shaped into circles. Yeah, if it's just like
0: shaved off of a turkey.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so she's confused and she's like, what did I do? Well, first
0: they're like, do you know Harry Waters? And she's like, no. And then they ask her about the Yachtsman and the fucking principal is like, do you know him? And it's mm. like, bitch, you're not a detective. Yeah. Fuck off and let Olivia do her job. And Olivia's eyes Said the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then Elaine was like, We had a thing. And then the principal's like, What kind of thing? And then Olivia's like, Let's go somewhere else and talk about this. Yeah. And they both like, You and
0: your stupid tie can fuck off. Yeah. He like pulls his tie and his eyes go. So they're at the precinct and Benson and Stabler are talking to Elaine and she's giving them the story about how she met him and what happened. Because I'm really confused by this too. Like, what do you mean you had a fucking thing when your grandma was just sending him underwear? Right. So one day Harry Waters just showed up at her house. Obviously, like he had probably been watching her and because they had said something like about stuff being in his computer that was like stalkery kind of stuff. He showed up at her house one day and she was like, he was really nice talking about his own daughter who died in a car crash. He asked her about school, just all of this grooming shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she told him that she was 14. I think, wasn't she like 12? So then she's going to tell them the story about like when something happened. So she's like, We met at the park by the fountain. It was a Saturday, so there were a lot of families around. And it was nice because my own dad left when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So he took me to this beautiful restaurant by the river, and I felt like a princess. Benson asks
1: if, if he forced her to have sex with him.
0: And she was like, He did stuff to himself. And she didn't make
1: her explain anything because she got really upset. And she started crying. And oh, and she was like, this smell mm. of him reminded her of her dad and she was and then yeah. Stabler's like bye I'm out of here like he can't yeah and he leaves to talk to Craig and um he's like okay so we have him propositioning but there wasn't actually sex right and Stabler's like well technically not even technically he flashed her and perved her in ways that she doesn't even know yet mm-hmm. which is like that whole dad stuff so like, Stabler's like how are we gonna get him you know yeah. he's just
0: really worked up wanting to make sure that they can collar this guy and Cragen's like well we don't really have anything but you know he entered into
1: an improper relationship with a minor. He's doing a switcheroo again where he's like, the guy doesn't know what the girl said. And
0: Stabe's he has a like, sly
1: smile. He's got that smile
0: that he was, was like, I'm he was so like, excited to like, fuck this guy. One side of his mouth goes up, and then Craigan finishes his sentence, and the other side of his mouth goes <laughs> up. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to fucking drag this guy. Yeah.
1: I wrote, Stabler is excited. I wish you could, I wish there was a video of your face doing that, like one <laughs> side and then the other side. <laughs> so this next morning, the lawyer and Waters walk into the precinct. Stabler's like, sup, bitch. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, they're greeted by Stabes with his morning coffee.
1: Yeah, he's like, morning. Hey. They strategically walk Elaine by him, which I know would never fucking happen in real I life. I know.
0: They would not make that little girl walk past her it, fucking yeah. abuser.
1: Yeah. So Waters knows that she's there and he's like, I don't know what she said. And then he's like, I want to talk. Where can we go to talk? And yeah. his lawyer's like, wait. Yeah. Relax. It worked. Yeah.
0: So Waters is pacing in a room while Ariel, his lawyer, and Benson and Stabler are all negotiating. His lawyer's playing hardball, but she must not be aware of Stabe's brass fucking nuts. Because they are butting heads, these two. And Mm -hmm. I could have watched this for days. Yeah, Stabler's like, we can make it federal because he crossed state lines with her when he took her to the Jersey Shore. I'm like, when was this? Fuck Elaine's grandma. Like, why was she going to the Jersey Shore with some middle-aged dude who's buying her underpants? Yeah. Fuck. All in all, his lawyer wants them to agree to him pleading to one count. He registers as a sex offender and does a program. And Stabes is like, no, he does
1: time for this or I'm not even talking. Yeah. And the maximum is like five years which I was like, Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Five years just for like the act of what he did, but there's all these other little things that they can tack on that can put time onto that. And his lawyer, she pulls out a bargaining chip and says that Waters can help them get other pedos. So of course he's part of a sick network of people, right? And she said that he can deliver nine of them. And Staves is like, all right, he's gonna plead to the max. And for every pedophile convicted, he gets six months off his sentence. And so there's a back and forth between the two of them. Um, she's like, what if you fuck up? Yeah, how is this a deal? Or what if the jury doesn't convict? And Sabes so like, well, then I guess he's going to do the time that he fucking owes anyway. Yeah. And she's sort of like, hmm. She knows that Stabler is not budging. Yeah. I want Stabler to come with me to buy
1: a car. I didn't even know that cops could negotiate. I think thinking- it
0: is just lawyers. I think for effect, you really want Stabler having this conversation because he's yeah. got a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, he does. Okay. So the lawyer's going to go talk to Harry Waters. So then Benson and Stabler are in the interrogation room now talking to Waters. Fucking Creep City. Ugh. Okay, he describes
1: being able to smell his own by talking about Disney movies and shit, pedophile lingo and habits that you can like see. Yeah, and he's like, "Pedophile" isn't our word; we like "child lover" is. Yeah, and Sabler's visibly like, "I want to murder your face"
0: because he's like, "Oh, if you're, at, if you're at a roller rink and there's another man my age there, you can tell me how he's watching the kids. You ask him about a fucking Disney movie or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, gross. You're gross." Mm-hmm.
1: He's. Like, like, in our world, we have we have to be up on that shit.
0: Yeah, so you can groom children. Yeah. Like, you say it, like, it's an off-the-cuff,
1: like, cute thing. Oh, God, I would... <sighs> so they're at Stabler's home now. The daughter, she can't get on the computer. Stabler's like, well, I put a child lock on it, and her homework is on there. And he can't remember the password. And she fixes it in, like, one button. She's like, the child locks, they're a fucking joke. Yeah. She asks, when are you going to trust me? He
0: Danny Tanners the
1: shit out yeah, of his he, like, daughter. Gets, it was so great. He, like, gets down on his knee, and he's like, this is about my fear, not about me not trusting you
0: yeah it's just vulnerable and honest and beautiful and like she can hear him for a moment because like that conversation with a teenager is hard because you just want to protect them not because you don't trust them
1: yeah this whole scene made me want to like contact that doris lady and Mm. see if i could get some stabler man panties like mailed to me
0: so she still wants him to quit reading her emails and i'm like that's fair
1: yeah. Right. And he's like, I promise.
0: Like she's getting to an age now
1: where she does deserve a little bit of privacy. So they're at the precinct. Apparently there's some like pedophile get together at a restaurant. And then I'm like, Does this fucking happen? Do they like, get together and like fucking talk about stuff? Yeah. I so like know. Craig and the setting shit up to like knock these pervs down. Ariel says it's not entrapment because they're trying to get the accounts of crimes that have already happened, not like drumming up new crime.
0: Yeah. They're not like leading them into committing a crime.
1: Yeah. They're just trying to like get info so they need as much info on as many victims as possible from these guys
0: so they need to have conversations with these guys pretend they're one of them get names and dates any specific details to make this shit stick yeah so they're at Arbel's restaurant we immediately see like just a bunch of dudes sitting around and one who's like a scary hairy Winnie the Pooh is yes (laughs) like shopping bag cam I got an hour of up
1: their skirts. He's like smoking, but and- the playground. Woo! But this is so odd because Waters is like, "Man, you were with that little redhead. What's her name?" And they all were saying their first and last names. They're like, "Yeah, it was like Becky Brooks or whatever." And you're like, "Do you do this? This seems so yeah. sloppy." Like Shelly Aston. Yeah, Ch- yeah. <laughs> Did I say
0: Shelly Aston? <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Sally Ashton. So the one is talking about like, maybe it was Astrid Brooks, but if I never see her again, it'll be too soon because they're spilling their heartbreak over these girls. Like they got hurt by them. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was a real relationship. One guy was like, after she got her driver's license because it was just a glorified taxi service. You were her molester. Yeah. Anyway, so Harry Waters is also leading the dudes a lot. He's like, "Oh, where where was she from again?" all but holding a microphone. Yeah. And then one dude gets up and announces that he's got product in his car if anybody wants, and another guy is like commenting on the quality of the footage, which so obviously this is like child pornography home video gross.
1: Do one of them own this restaurant or something? Because like, Or are the servers walking around like, like, oh my God, like I'm calling the fucking police.
0: They're going back to the kitchen to the other servers and they're like, we you need, need to do a walk-by of the banquet room because these guys are, it's a party of pedophiles. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's a party of pedophiles. Pick yeah. up.
1: <laughs> All of a sudden it's like bus time. Everybody comes in and these guys are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, of course you're getting caught. You're having fucking food with your molester friends and saying first and last names. Like, what? Right.
0: Munch goes to grab one of the dudes, and he's like, he's just as sweaty as everybody else. So I was cool, too. I didn't even see him, yeah. I'm FBI. Check my breast pocket. At first, I thought that he was catching a pedophile slash FBI agent. So it's like, Mm. oh, my God, this FBI agent's getting caught. But then he's in Kragen's office with an intense... Captain Kragen.
1: Dude, that exchange between these two actors was palpable. It was great. Yeah. He's like, don't you ever talk to my. So the guy once like walked in and been like, you fucking pieces of shit, SBU, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. Because, well, they're just like a lousy little NYC precinct and he's the fucking FBI. So he's giving Kragen shit for ruining his operation. And I'm like, dude, maybe if you just got arrested like the rest of them, you could have kept your cover. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have just gone in and been like, whew, that was close. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe not because it's like this big operation or whatever, but it's like you didn't have to out yourself as FBI in that moment
1: yeah Um, well it doesn't matter though because they were getting the other guys were getting arrested and so all the because they had whether they say like nine different regions yeah so all those guys are getting warned that they're getting arrested so it doesn't matter is like we were doing what we always do and get fucking molesters off the fucking street and they're yelling at each other hard and is like it was an undercover operation yeah (laughs) exactly yeah and and craigen's like bro you came into my fucking city and did investigations on sex crimes. You don't think you'd give me a heads up? And this dude's like, it's a virtual world. It's everywhere and nowhere. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry, but if you're going to bust a ring of people in the town because that they physically showed up, Yeah, give somebody a heads up. There
0: are not enough exclamation points and question marks to document this argument. Yeah. Then Craig is like defeated after this. And he's like, that's why the bad guys are running rings around us because they're working together.
1: And we're not. Ugh.
0: He's right, but undercover shit can get muddy too where it's like do you want to go to the precinct because what if there's dirty cops? What if there's pedo cops? It's on a need to know basis and you don't need to know, yeah. you know.
1: But like am I writing fucking copy for SVU co- right now? <laughs> co-
0: I feel like cops
1: always think that it's not like not one of their own. Mhm. So
0: okay, so Stabes and Olivia, what? Just this guy. Yeah. They've got this sweaty balding creep that was at the party that was at the the brunch the, at the the restaurant thing was at was at the um, the sip and see <laughs> meet and greet. This guy is like such a creep. It gives insight to how skewed the perception is from these guys with their relationships, quote unquote, with these kids. Mm -hmm. So he's like talking about how cold and terrible Stabler is. And he's talking to Olivia and he goes,
1: when the neglected and abused kids leave the the police station and the social worker's office with their anatomically correct dolls, they're all tears. When they leave me, they're smiling
0: Mm. because I'm good to them. He's like a straight up Nambla- type dude yeah it's like gross but he's he's delusional if that's his perception so then it like cuts to black and it says at any given moment there are 3.4 million anonymous chat room users on the internet insert my mom looking at 14 year old me going see (laughs) well that was gross gross do we even like this show (laughs) we love it love this show so much Ugh, but I hate it. So I don't think we really dove into what chat rooms were since they don't really exist anymore. Because now there's social media with DMs and Reddit boards and all that shit. Mm -hmm. In the early days of the internet, there were all different kinds of chat rooms with themes like teen hangout or all about dragons or whatever people were (laughs) into,
1: you know? Juggalo Nation. Doesn't matter what chat room you were in, they all turned into like sex stuff. Right. (laughs) Recipe swap city. Wanna fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Who Um, likes chess? Bend me over.
0: So anyway, it's places where people could chat and have one-on-one conversations as well as like group conversations. And your friends would go on there and you had screen names. 48-year-old dudes would pretend to be 17 and shit. We're not about to recap an SVU episode about chat rooms and the internet and not talk about To Catch a Predator, Mm -hmm. hosted by Chris Hansen.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If you missed it, To Catch a Predator was an insanely popular Dateline show segment hosted by Chris Hansen from 2004 2007 that's it yes i know i thought there were a million episodes
1: Mm -mm. no do you you know where they can be streamed right now they're all over youtube
0: i spent the last three days refreshing yeah two guys not one but two stripped at the door and came in naked chris hansen gave them a towel one of them he was like like the guy left to go get arrested in the front yard And he's like, you can keep the toe. So in this show, it was a segment of Dateline. So they would work with this group called Perverted Justice. They were like a watchdog group and using decoys, a sting would get set up and volunteers would engage with adult men in chat rooms under the guise that they were underage boys or girls. They would set up meetings between the adult and quote-unquote minor with the explicit intention of sex or sex acts. So the whole scenario would break down pretty much like this. Volunteers would be undercover in chat rooms as young kids, usually between 12 to 14-year-old boys or girls. They would have super cringy, sexually explicit conversations. Most of the time, they were like, oh, you're luring them. You're luring them. And they're like, they would come to us. Like, we would just show up and be 12. And they would be like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going in and being like, hey, 50-year-old man who's attracted to other adults, I'm going to push those buttons until you're like, maybe I'll fuck an eighth grader. Like that's not what
1: happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Once they agreed to meet because they'd be like, oh, come to my house or I'm dog sitting for Mm -hmm. like this elderly couple. The Mark would show up at a rented house that was unbeknownst to them full of hidden cameras, a camera crew, Chris Hansen and a young looking actor. The actor would answer the door, tell them to come in to have a brownie or some lemonade or whatever they had set up in the kitchen island. You know, that was like such a to catch a predator thing where Mm it's like, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom go ahead and pour yourself some iced tea on the counter that's when you leave after a few seasons they had less and less operations like stings because people started being like like it ended up they being like a on. well it ended up being like a candid camera thing where they'd Chris Hansen would walk out and they'd be like oh, I knew it you know <laughs> yeah the the actor or actress would would leave the room the guy would sit down he'd start munching on a brownie and Here comes Chris Hansen. Yeah. And it always started the same exact way. He'd walk in and say, Have a seat. Yeah, and they were like, and the the dude were usually in shock. So they would sit down and they would just assume that he was either the kid's dad or a cop or something. And then they would chat, and the dance was almost always the same. Hansen asks if they're there to have sex with a minor, and then they would deny it. Some of the excuses were some of them were scary slick, Mm. even though they were terrible and didn't make any sense. It was still like, I've got it, I'm right here with it, you know? And then he would corner them because he would have the fucking transcripts of their conversation. So then Hansen would take those transcripts. He would read from the online conversation that they had, always like sickeningly embarrassing and very damning on the part of the target. Mm -hmm. Then the dude would almost always try to spin it and say it was their first time or they weren't serious. There was one episode that I remember a guy being like, I came to make sure they were okay because the world is full of sickos and I was going to talk to them about being careful on the internet. Chris Hansen's like, you drove 45 minutes to a house where there's a child home alone who you'd been having a sexually explicit conversation with to let him know that this wasn't a good idea What's in that bag? Beer and condoms. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Right. You know? Yeah. So basically, they would give all these bullshit excuses and Chris Hansen was like, sure, Jan. The fucked up part is that it was schadenfreude and it was hilarious in a dark way. Mm-hmm. Before it became like a popular thing where people knew who he was, he would always get to a point of cornering these guys in the conversation and would say, I'm Chris Hansen and I'm a reporter from Dateline NBC. Mm-hmm. And this guy had the most unwavering smooth delivery. So then as soon as he would say that, boom, out would bust this huge camera crew mm-hmm. and sometimes when the guys would get up to leave because they would be like am I under arrest and he'd be like no we're not we're just documenting internet perverts and they would shake his hand he would say you're free to go then they would go out to the front yard and the cops would tackle them and arrest them yeah. there was one I was watching the cop was wearing like a full like bush camo you know where it's like the full suit where they look the like a swamp yeti yeah. is that what it's <laughs>
1: called? yeah I think it's called a ghillie suit yeah
0: that's bizarre that you know that is it gilly suit
1: gilly <laughs>
0: gilly uh-huh. <laughs> well it got a little gross in a way that i didn't realize because at first i'm just like yeah fuck these guys let's get them it's all very deep rooted in our need to write what's wrong but then also with this like bizarre twist of humiliation mm-hmm. that like we enjoy as people Mm -hmm. it's like a justice aspect of it
1: sure i've always been curious about the actual people like what happens to them after Uh some of them come back you some of them show up a couple times yeah there's
0: there were a couple that were repeat customers
1: yeah so you'd think that the cops arrest them or whatever get a warrant to like look through their computer in their house and Mm -hmm. whatever and they would be convicted but then again also they get what go to jail for like two months Uh, there's not a whole lot of repercussions for trying to fuck children but okay Okay, go ahead.
0: Right. So before we get into like the serious matter of it, the zings that Chris Hansen would have were always so incredible. This one dude tells Chris Hansen this bullshit about being a TV producer, doing research for a project that he was independently working on. Like this was his reason for being there to meet with this um, 14-year-old girl.
1: Oh.
0: And Chris Hansen goes, you know, it's ironic because I work in television too with Dayline NBC. <laughs> and then the camera crew comes out. Oh, and the guy's like, oh, it was great. Um, And then another one, Chris Hansen was reading this other dude the transcript, and he's like, I didn't know I sent that. Ew. And Chris Hansen goes, ew is right.
1: (laughs) Is that... Is that, what's his face on SNL? Oh no, my.
0: that's Keith Morrison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I was practicing my Chris Hansen on the way over, and there's a lot more vocal fry that is bothersome to a lot of people when they listen to podcasts, so I'm like, try not to do too much of it. Mm. But so I think I'm just turning into Bill Hader doing Keith Morrison. Another guy puts his hood over his head when the camera crew comes out, and he says, I don't want to be on the news, dog. And Chris Hansen goes, it's a little late for that, dog. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were all their faces blurred out?
0: No. So there was one episode I watched. They would have to sign a release form, right? To nope. do that Or does it not count because it's a crime? There was a loophole that they could put all of their faces on TV. There was one guy that they chose not to in the first season because he was like, I just got out of a mental institution two weeks ago and I'm just looking for a girlfriend. I'm schizophrenic. I think they were, they were like his mental instability. Like he still got in trouble. In himself. trouble. But like his mental illness, there was some sort of moral line there, which I think think ended up completely going out the window by the time they were a few seasons in. Mm. I don't know. I loved this show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like when it was airing, I was obsessed with this show. So I started doing some reading to see if I could get one story in particular involving the show. I just kept finding more and more controversy surrounding the show, which Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize until starting to read this stuff. And it makes sense that the show had a history of being accused of entrapment. The argument was like, was it entrapment or was it enticement? When asked about initiating sexually explicit chats, a perverted justice volunteer says that they don't have to start the conversation because these dudes come to them and another Dateline correspondent, Stone Phillips, Mm -hmm. is quoted as to saying, Clearly, no arms are twisted to get these men to engage in sexually explicit online chats. And mm-hmm. since the stated intent of the house visit is to have sex with a minor, the ultimate responsibility lies with the men who come knocking on the door, no matter who initiates the meeting. Mm-hmm. So one case was particularly intense. The show was even surprised by the variety of men coming through the door. A short list of some of the dudes that were showing up. Teachers an editor for Nickelodeon, a rabbi, a military staff sergeant, multiple computer engineers, a member of the FDNY, a former cop, former church music director, school bus driver, a court administrator, a senior web developer, a bodybuilder, a United States Air Force mechanic, every walk of life, every dude. Also, like, dudes that pretended to have jobs that didn't have jobs. These were just the, (gasps) can you believe a school bus driver? Yeah, yeah like i was in fifth grade going everybody is here to molest me everybody yeah. i told you about you know? that dude rob right that my friends were like turbo into i had to have he was like 23 we were 13 or 14 he drove a camaro and like all of a sudden he was around all the time and i don't remember really computing like why he was around mm-hmm. and then they were like oh he gets us beer and whatever and i'm like isn't he a fucking loser like he's 20 something like why is he hanging out with us we're little kids like this mm-hmm. is weird you know yeah. we're, we're getting high and we're doing junior high shit but it was bizarre to me that this dude in his early 20s was fucking around with 13 14 year olds yeah so cut to like those two girls being in a fight because like one of them was supposedly seeing him and the other one he like made out with him and blah, blah blah and i'm like you guys he's gross he's a fucking loser you guys like I felt like crazy, yeah. but I didn't have the maturity or knowledge of like what was too going on yeah. T- to be able to be like, this you guy's like, a fucking pedophile. But you're just like, this feels gross. I don't, I can't explain it. No, I don't want to ride in your Camaro, Rob. Oh, he was such a fucking dork. I hated him. Ugh. And for a good reason too. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was a fucking pedophile. Yeah.
1: I mean, I dated somebody when I was 17 that was right that's okay that's still pedophilia i guess
0: no it's not pedophilia is actually defined as actively being sexually attracted to prepubescent children so technically 17 is not pedophilia it's It's statutory statutory rape. rape yeah if it's Quote, unquote, consensual. Yeah. Um, And in a lot of places, it's not. In a lot of places, 17 is is an age of consent. But yeah, so anyway, so technically 13 isn't, like, prepubescent would mean, like, under 12. But I don't give a fuck. If you're 23 and you're trying to hook up with, like, 13, 14-year-old girls, you're a fucking... Yeah. Pedophile. Yeah, like how is that? That's a child. Yeah, I made the word "child" four
1: syllables. <laughs> but it's a child. <laughs> That's very Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> is it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like I'm like
0: Noah uh, Doenta. Uh. So the most controversial episode included Kaufman County Assistant District Attorney lewis W. Conrad <gasps> Jr. Yes. The show had set up their sting in Murphy, Texas. He was a 56-year-old prosecutor in Kaufman County for over 20 years. His screen name was NXS00. Oh, no. So during the initial online chat and phone conversation, Conrad is catfishing by posing as a 19-year-old college student and he's engaging with a decoy who's posing as a 13-year-old boy. Their contact goes on over the course of two weeks, and this time Conrad sends the quote-unquote kid suggestive pics, not of his own dick, but like a model's dick. The images were blurred out, but I should have brought them so Bulge Patrol Gabe could decipher them. <laughs> She's a dick connoisseur.
1: I am. I <laughs> You hear that, mom? And
0: he also tells the decoy he'd love to see him masturbate, I'm assuming on a webcam. They talk about meeting, they set something up, but ADA Conrad doesn't show up. And I think he may have sensed something was off, so he cut off contact and deleted his fake MySpace page, 2006. Oh, it was
1: through MySpace. Oh,
0: okay. Um, I don't know if the chat was through... No, the, I don't think the chat was through MySpace, but he had a fake MySpace oh, sure, account sure. of this 19-year-old
1: attached to it yes
0: so this is just like classic catfish but with a pedophile twist
1: Hold on a second. It's really funny that you brought up MySpace because literally last night I tried to log into my old MySpace. Weird. Yeah, I was just thinking about it and I tried to log in and then I forgot the password and then immediately didn't care. Yeah. But (laughs) does it even, so it still exists? I don't know. I mean, there was a thing for a password. Okay, sorry. He didn't show up. He deleted his MySpace.
0: So even though he didn't make physical contact, he still had already committed a felony. Texas Penal Code Statute 33.021 is, quote unquote, the online solicitation of a minor statute and it says that an adult offends when he communicates in a sexually explicit manner with a minor and defines minor as anyone who represents himself or herself as being under the age of 17. Right. So even though this guy was a perverted justice volunteer and he was an adult, he was munch, it could still be prosecuted because the ADA was under the impression that he was 13 yeah. years old. Just like in the episode where he's like yeah. oh, I thought he was
1: going to meet a 48 year old munch.
0: Yeah. Like even if it's a full catfish and he never intended to meet the kid at all the fact remains that he's committed a sex crime yeah okay Murphy Police Chief Billy Myrick says he got all of his ducks lined up because he intended to arrest Conrad. The police chief was nervous about it because he was like, you know, we're going after one of our own. We have to make sure that this is- Like airtight. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like that'd be fucked to go after this mm-hmm. guy if we were wrong. So he confirmed all of the evidence, the transcripts, the phone calls, and the address attached to the phone being used in the calls, which was, it went we to his call home. called the
1: kid too? Oh yeah.
0: So the volunteer was the one who was having the online conversation with him mm-hmm. and then they had hired an actor. I read this whole Esquire article about this actor's experience in it. If you go to our website, svupodespeciallyheinous.com and go to this week's episode, there's a link to the Lewis Conrad episode of To Catch a Predator, along with all of our other source material, which Hmm. also includes that Esquire article. So if you want to like turbo deep dive, if you want to get the Benz deep (laughs) diving,
1: I like that. (laughs) That was funny. uh, The
0: police chief went to a local judge and obtained an arrest warrant for Conrad. He even contacted the police in Tarot, the city that Conrad lived, to work with them in the arrest. Okay. Which, like, they're gonna be the ones who have to arrest him anyway, because it's in Mm -hmm. their jurisdiction. The day of the intended arrest, Chief Myrick and members of the Tarot Police Department met at a gas station to lay out their arrest plan. All of this is in the Dateline segment because the cameras and Chris Hansen went along, like, jackpot. This is salacious shit. Mm -hmm. Right? This is where it starts to get kind of messy. You know what I mean? Like, now they're not setting it up and having the guy come in they're like this is a big fish you know this is the fucking ADA from the neighboring town he's no longer responding to us reaching out to him as this 13 year old so we're gonna go get him yeah and bring the camera crew Mm -hmm. so there was even a colleague of Conrad's who had worked with him and known him for over 20 years that was going to the arrest they also get a search warrant along with their arrest warrant so they can take his computer so this is November 5th 2006 they all go to Conrad's house his longtime colleague the guy that I had just told you about is the one to knock on the door and their hope is that a familiar face would make him more willing to talk make him want to come to the door go in without a fight just make it easier I read initially that their intention was to find him like hey he's gonna go to a coffee shop and we're gonna i think they staked him out for a while to like Mm -hmm. see if he would leave his house so that dateline could approach him in a parking lot with the transcripts and be like hey what's this so at the arrest outside the house the dateline crew was there with all their cameras and they knew he was there but he never came to the door so then they called for the tactical team now i'm gonna make this clear dateline perverted justice the police forces from these towns None of them were technically working together.
1: Okay. So, but they were all together. Yes. That can get so dicey. I yeah, feel like. it does.
0: It does. And uh, there's a lot of like mm, about all of this because, because of that fact mm-hmm. and because like money started coming into it and because... Um,
1: that's, that's probably one of the reasons why it wasn't on for much longer after that. Yeah.
0: They're bringing in SWAT for this dude, for this 56-year-old man. About 45 minutes later, the SWAT team came and they forced their way in and the camera crew stayed outside and waited. Five minutes later, Lieutenant Adana Barber came out and told a non-reactive Chris Hansen that the police went in to find Conrad in his hallway with a small caliber gun, a 380 Browning. He told them that he wasn't going to hurt them and he shot himself in the head. Mmm... He was later pronounced dead at the hospital. Chris Hansen doesn't even blink when she says this. He is in straight journalism mode. Yeah. So I know that I keep saying that shit's getting messy, but shit just gets like messy now. Yeah. Okay, so Mike Miner is an attorney who had worked in Kaufman County for 30 years. He was a friend of Bill Conrad's. And he's quoted as to saying that the decision to send the SWAT team in was the, quote, stupidest and most unnecessary thing that I have ever heard of in law enforcement. If they really wanted to do the right thing, they could have waited until Bill came out or they could have gone to the courthouse where he worked and arrested him. You know, he was not like John Dillinger. This was for sensationalism. Mm -hmm. Um, Louis Conrad's estate, managed by his sister Patricia, filed a $105 million lawsuit against Dateline. She claimed that they played judge, jury, and executioner. She also said that she refused to view her brother's death as a suicide claiming that it was the entrapment of the salacious TV show that killed him. So then by 2008 that was eventually settled out of court. Uh, Fast forward to June 1st 2007 the Collin County DA's office refuses to prosecute any of the 23 cases brought up from the arrest on the show. And this was the first time in the history of To Catch a Predator that law enforcement had declined to prosecute suspects that were arrested on the show. Mm -hmm. On September 5th 2007 Dateline aired the results of the forensic report on Conrad's computer um, because they had gone in and they got all of his stuff. And according to the report, Conrad's CDs, laptop, computer and cell phone all contained pornographic material. Some Mm. included child pornography. And I looked into more details about that into the child pornography. And it was pretty gray in how you could determine it because nothing said this is not me defending A pedophile No Maybe it is I don't fucking know But I didn't have A 100% Square solid feeling Of like Yeah They got him And they were 100% right I don't know I don't know Some things that I read Said that the subjects Of the porn Found on his computer Were possibly underage But they couldn't 100% tell So like It could have been Older teens Or He just like He was into
1: Younger Men yeah, boys Or whatever I don't
0: don't know There was nothing That was like Oh these kids kids are in junior high
1: i don't know dude I don't know. when he was talking to that kid he was fucking 13 man
0: i know Uh, everything i'm gonna say makes it sound like i'm defending a a child predator but you know more you know better than anybody that i like i have no, no like room there's no wiggle room for that shit yeah so i guess saying that like great i don't want anybody to like shoot themselves in the head but i'm wondering if this guy got wind that this shit was happening like why all of a sudden did he shut it down was it getting too close for comfort where he's like i'm not actually gonna go meet up with this person and freaked out I don't know, but was it gone about in a way that was sensationalized for television, for like
1: our entertainment? Do they, do I, they I they think a hundred
0: percent. They Did fucking aired. Yeah, they aired that.
1: Wow. Yeah. You would think at that point they would be like, the cops would be like, this is a fucking ADA. The fuck out of here. This isn't some, right. we have to like make sure this is airtight so that.
0: Oh no, they have interviews with the chief of police. They have footage of them meeting up at the gas station before the sting. Now, they couldn't predict that this guy was going to shoot himself in the fucking head. Oh. That's nuts. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, neither did I. I was reading something talking about it being a modern day stoning. Mm-hmm. We're humiliating this this hanging, person. Yeah, or like yeah.
1: torture, or where everybody gathers around.
0: But yeah, so it was weird because when I used to watch the show, it felt so cut and dry. That it was like this is satisfying in every
1: way. Yeah, like and fuck that, that guy.
0: Yeah, and that's what the intention was, I think, was like we felt good about it. They made shitloads of money because it was an insanely popular thing.
1: But then you get into these, I think with pedophilia stuff, there can be so many different things going on and how it has to be handled in order to prosecute. Right. I don't know. Uh, All right. Love you. Bye.
0: Love you. Bye. Mm, 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 mm. Gabe's a dick connoisseur mm-hmm that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was in your notes mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Remember that dude
0: that you hooked up with and you were like excitedly complimenting his dick to him
1: <laughs> and you were like, this is a great dick. Oh yeah I was like <laughs> I didn't know I didn't I wouldn't have expected this yeah you have a this is a yeah this is a super good dick
0: and he's like, thanks th- like,
1: thank you. Thanks right. so
0: much and you're like, oh and modest.
1: <laughs> you <laughs>
0: she don't know she's beautiful <laughs>